And now as I close, I want to uh, make a few words of application. I want to ask you to evaluate your faith-growing endeavors by using the following scale. I'm going to read some things to you. And you uh, identify whether uh, you can say that the things that I mention, as far as you're concerned, good and biblical, they're meaningful, they're vital, they're beneficial, and I'm doing very well in those areas. And then if you hear the item that I mentioned and you, instead of saying it's always good and biblical, you might say it's usually meaningful, biblical, vital, and beneficial. Or if you can't honestly say that, you might say for that particular item, there's some room for improvement. Or there's much room for improvement and that that particular item in your life is poor, hardly existent. Well, here it is. How about your worship and prayer life? Is it good, regular, consistent, biblical, usually meaningful, biblical, vital, and beneficial? Or would you say, in the light of what we've said about what worship involves, there's some room for improvement? Or would you say there's much room for improvement? Because in reference to the item that I mentioned, in your life you're doing very poorly, hardly existent, or it's as bad as it could be. So how about your worship and prayer life? Good, as biblical as possible, Usually meaningful, biblical, I can't say it's always that way. Or you might say there's some room for improvement. Or you examine yourself in terms of the items that we mentioned in this podcast. And you would say there's much room for improvement because you're doing very poorly. My worship and prayer life. How would you evaluate that? All right, how about your thoughts, your attitudes, your meditations, your self-talk? We said you have to think properly. And we discussed the things you should think about. And then your relationships with other godly people. Do you have others who are encouraging you, admonishing you, exhorting you? Uh, what about utilizing your faith and practicing God's word on a regular basis in your thoughts, in your daily life? How's that going? So identify where you are in t- terms of those four factors and make a commitment to making each of them, if they're not as good as they should be, 
each of them a more dynamic factor in your life. So, how can you improve your worship and prayer in your life? What should you do to promote this aspect of your life? What has been helpful to you in what you've heard in these podcasts? What about your thoughts and your attitudes? How can you make your thoughts conform more to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8? We discussed that verse. Reflect on what it says about thinking on the things that are lovely, excellent, worthy of praise. What practical things can you do to eliminate unbiblical thinking and to replace it with biblical kind of thinking? What should you do to promote this biblical kind of thinking? One thing, of course, would be to memorize Scripture and remember Scripture. Another thing would be to take notes when your pastor is preaching and go back over those sermons, talk about them with your family members or with other Christians and put them into practice in your life. And then eliminate unbiblical, unproductive self-talk, things that you're saying to yourself. What are those unbiblical thoughts that you allow yourself to focus on? Get rid of them and replace those unbiblical thoughts with biblical thoughts and make yourself to think biblically. Memorize scripture. What should you do to promote this aspect of your life, thinking properly, having scripture in mind. And then, what things have you observed others doing that seem beneficial to them? Talk to others about who are godly and doing well, spiritual things, and ask them for their help. And then, what about your relationships? How can you make your relationships with other people a dynamic, godly, constructive reality in your life? What should you do to promote this aspect of your life? Do you know other godly people? Do you meet with them? Do you invite them into your home? Or take them out for a cup of coffee? Or ask them or in your church? Ask your pastor, ask your elders for suggestions about how you can develop more meaningful, godly relationships with other people. And then what about utilizing and practicing your faith? How can you practice your faith more consistently? What does it mean? Think about this. What does it mean in practical terms, as Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Do you know what that means? If you don't, ask a pastor or elder or some other well-taught Christian to help you understand that. Get a commentary and read what that commentary has to say about that verse. 
Have you observed others who are utilizing and practicing their faith? And how can you, like them, utilize and practice your faith more consistently? What does it mean in practical terms to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? How can you practically exercise your faith in this 21st century? What should you do to promote this aspect of your life, your worship, your faith, your trust in him? What's been helpful to you in the past? What things have you observed others doing that seem beneficial to them? You might set up a counseling appointment with your pastor or elders and talk to them about these things or invite them into your home for dinner and then bring these things up. They love to help you. And then... Meditate on the statement that Jesus made about the foolishness of worrying in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32. Look it up. What does this truth make worrying? What does it say that makes worrying foolishness? What does it say about us and about our view of God if we continue to worry? How does our worry reflect on God? What are some of the basic biblical needs that you might have? God is your heavenly father. And I would suggest there, I wrote a book some time ago called, uh, uh, well, one is called uh, Down But Not Out. Many wonderful things in there that could help you. Another one has to do with the character of God. It's it's not fair. It was a title, and that's what people are saying. It's not fair what's going on. And that book shows how to address that idea that God isn't treating you fairly. And it's not fair. Develops the character of God and the attributes of God for you to think on you on very clearly you might want to get that book uh, another be write down anything that you know about God that should lessen your anxiety and then write down all the ways you can remember God has been a good father to you be very specific we pray our father who art in heaven I uh, wrote a, a, a book some time ago which was called Reaching the Ear of God and it talks about God being our Father. What does that mean? Presbyterian Reform publishes those particular books. I'd encourage you to get them. It'll help you in terms of the things we've been talking about here, overcoming worry when you get a right view of God. And what opinion would people get of your Heavenly Father if they knew what you really thought and felt about Him? Do a little thinking about that. And uh, do you really have a right view of God? 
And then also, how can you improve your devotional time, your Bible study? Do you have a regular devotional time, a daily time to be alone with God and to pray, as well as to read and study the Bible? If you need help in knowing how to do that, again, see your pastor or some well-taught, mature Christian. And then meditate on Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And write out your own definition of each of the eight qualities. It mentions eight things, eight qualities that we're to think about. Uh, Just write out your definition of each of the eight qualities. And make a list of specific things that fit under each of the eight qualities. For example, we're to think on things that are true. What does the word true mean? The word true means that which is in accordance with the facts, with reality. It means the opposite of that which is unreal or false. And how do we know what is real, what is accurate, what is accordant with the facts? Primarily we know that by looking into... God's word. God's word is true. And we need to uh, use the word of God to interpret the things that are happening in our lives and in the world. That's true. Therefore, think on the things that are true involves thinking about situations, problems, people, life, God, yourself, Jesus, etc. from God's perspective. What does God's word say about these things? What does God say about the circumstances of your life? See Psalm 37 and verse 23. And Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 and verse 19. Complete your list of things that are true and then follow the same procedure which each of the other qualities that are mentioned in Philippians 4 and verse 8. You may find that some things overlap. Well, that's fine. In the future, use this list as a guideline for what you should regularly think about to prevent worry or to overcome it when it arises. That will require discipline on your point. Part, you need to discipline yourself, says 1 Timothy 4, 7, for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself to think godly thoughts. And so do this again and again until thinking in that way becomes a habit. It will be helpful for you to read aloud and meditate on this list that you make of those eight qualities that are in accordance with the Word of God. Meditate on them every day over a period of time. In my book, It's Not Fair, meditate on the character of God or my book, uh, down but not out, or 
my books on uh, an exposition of Pilgrim's Progress, which are called Christian Life Issues, Volume 1 and Volume 2. They're published by Focus Publication. Many of my other books are published by Presbyterian and Reformed Publishing House. But get those books and read because they're expositions of Scripture. And then practice this biblical thinking. And then I would encourage you to memorize verses like Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. Read those verses and summarize what each of these verses tell you about what it means to think properly and what happens if you don't think properly. Examine Psalm 77, which is a case study illustrating the importance and impact of our thoughts. That's Psalm 77. And then what two ways of thinking does Psalm 77 present? Compare verses 2 through 10, where you have one way of thinking with verses 11 through 20, where you have a more godly way of thinking. Look at them and identify the two ways of thinking. What were, it's the man Asaph who's writing it, what were his thoughts? What was he thinking about in verses 2 through 10? And then what was he thinking about in verses 11 through 20? And how does that particular psalm and what Asaph did illustrate Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, which tells us where to think properly and tells us about those eight qualities that we're to think about. So, in the first section of Psalm 77, his thinking was circumstance-centered. And he viewed God through his circumstances. In the second section, verses 11 through 20, his thinking was God-centered, biblical-centered. And he viewed his circumstances through God rather than God through his circumstances. And then notice what was the result of such thinking in the first section in verses 2 through 4 and verse 10. As he was thinking of the things that he was thinking in the first part of that psalm, verses 2 through 10, what was the result in the life of Asaph? And then... What was the result of his thinking the way that he did in verses 11 through 20? That was God-centered thinking. He viewed his circumstances through God rather than God through his circumstances. And what was the result of that thinking in verses 13 through 20? And how do you account for the change in his thinking? Think about that. 
and then answer the question, what does all this mean to you? How do you apply it to your life? What should you do differently? If you want to be a person who experiences the peace of God and is not constantly worrying, then think of the most pressing anxiety-producing issue in your life and consider how the principles taught on these podcasts can be specifically applied to help you overcome anxiety and experience the peace of God. And I encourage you to be specific, concrete, and practical. May God help you and bless you as you seek to experience more and more of the peace of God that passes all understanding.